Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. Right, on the show at the weekend with myself and Gareth A. Davies, we had a plethora of top quality guests. We spoke to the pretty boy, Josh Kelly. He's got a big fight coming up on December the 16th. We spoke to Otto Warren, who's got a big fight coming up on December the 23rd. And we delved into the world of mixed martial arts. But first, I want to introduce you to a guest that joined us in the studio. British cruiserweight Chev Clark, 7-0, five knockouts, has got eyes on very big prizes. He came in to talk about his life so far and what is hopefully coming next for him. Well, I can tell it's not fight week because normally fight week, right? The beard's a little bit more grisly. <laughs> the, the, the hair's ready. You're ready for fight mode, man. You, obviously, it's Christmas. Like you just said, it's Christmas. You've sharpened up. You're ready. You must be going on a few Christmas parties or something like that. Get, getting I mean, out about. You know what it is? My mum hasn't recognised me for a while. Oh, is that so, what it is? You know, I thought I'd cut it and make <laughs> That's her... it. Christmas dinner's coming. <laughs> Gotta look good. Gotta look good yeah. for it. Um, listen, um, the the cruiserweight division right now, especially from a great British point of view, is extremely exciting. Tomorrow night, myself and Gareth on the South Coast. I believe that you're going to be in attendance tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be there. Because we've got Chris Bill and Smith defending his WBO crown against uh, Matthias Masternak. Is there a reason that you're going to be in town, mate? Is it is it eyeing up maybe a little bit of uh, a future opponent? You never know. I'm just there, you know, see what's happening. Um, you know, I could fight... Chris um, in the future but you know he's a little bit ahead of me so let him handle his business tomorrow and um, we'll see what comes down but you've been rivals in the past haven't you explaining off air that you were rivals for the British team and GB team so psychologically I get the feeling there's an air of you're going to supersede him at some point I mean, that's coming from you. Um, yes, that's what I hear. That's what I feel. You're giving out. Um, there's been history. Yes, we um, competed against each other twice, and um, yes, we was um, you know trialing for uh, the GB team, and um, I went on, and he turned professional. So, so you beat him, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get it all out there. Let's get let's get. Yeah, it out I beat him. I beat him twice. Yeah, but what? that's amateurs, you know. Yeah. What 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 I want to ask you mm-hmm. is. From the from the position of turning over from Team GB, Olympian and what have you, be, becoming a pro. We've just had Josh Kelly on the show, right? And mm-hmm. he, I suppose he was in a very similar situation to yourself. We've spoken to many that have done this. And when they come out of Team GB, Olympic runs, there's a lot of pomp, a lot of ceremony, isn't there? Tomorrow night we're going to be around Ben Whitaker, very similar to him, you know what I mean? He medaled at the Olympics and everybody's going, oh, this is the next, next big thing. Don't t- take this as a wrong thing. For you, I didn't feel that pomp from from a media push when you came out of Team GB into the pro game. Was that a help? Was that a help coming into the game as what what I would class as a normal pro rather than a he's out the Olympics type of pro? I mean, just like you, I never felt a pump either, so um but you've always I think people the on the yeah, but I think people you've on the inside the swag, of the game yeah. knew. No, yeah, we know you. I'm talking yeah. about from a commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I meant. Yeah, bring the trampoline, the springboards. Yeah, yeah. So I never had that, but um, people who knew boxing, um, 
were excited to see me. People's always been, you know, excited to say, oh, like, when you turn pro, da 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 But um, no, I never had that push. Um, has it been a um, help? No, because I'm used to the um, exposure from boxing for... Uh, for your country. And for, yeah, for yeah, the country yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and around the world. So, um, not really, no. And you've always been a big personality. Whenever we've done things with you, you're, you're vibrant. You're a larger-than-life character as well, aren't you? You have a happy vibe. I'm, I'm happy. I don't know if I'm larger than life, but I'll take that coming from no, you. No, no, I mean it. I mean <laughs> it in a... No, but I, whenever we did anything mm-hmm. that was towards Olympics, Commonwealth Games, team stuff, mm-hmm. um, Sheffield EIS, you stand out. Yeah, you're, you're I, happy to do that. Like I, you're joyful being in the studio. You you embrace all that. Yeah, because I'm just being myself. You know, um, you know, uh, um, it's over. Oh, well, it's it's been said a lot. I come from humble beginnings, so for me to be here, I'm like, wow. Do you know what I mean? I said to my mom, I'm, I'm going to do a radio interview. Show. Why I got why I got part of radio? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know what I mean? Like say to my mom, I'm going training. She thinks I'm just going down the leisure center. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, from that that um, standpoint, I'm still grounded on the ground. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. Tell us about those humble beginnings, then. You know, tell us about Little Chev, you know, and, and how you grew up and what you went through and why you're here where you are now. Um, You know, I think it, it's from my grandparents here. Yeah? So I, obviously I was born in Jamaica, right? Mm. Now, my grand my grandfather, he wasn't educated, right? But this man ma- managed to mount so much land and had houses and stuff. And obviously my, grand, my grandmother was with him. She she was like the um, the nurse of the community. She like helped everybody had their kids etc. Deliver their kids. Sorry. Sounds like the matriarch <laughs> as well. <laughs> so you know, for them to be able to do that and growing up around them, seeing them do that in Jamaica, like we might have not had a lot, mm-hmm. but um, when the opportunity came, like as a kid. Or most people in the Caribbean or in a third world country, they're like, oh, I want to go to foreign. In Jamaica, they'll say, I want to go foreign. And foreign, that would be the UK, USA, Canada, just just for an opportunity, do you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, as little kids, we used to talk about this, oh, when I go to da 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 da. And then I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity. So coming here and not having organized sports where I was from, in my town, um, when I could play football and my, my coach would come and pick me up and take me to play football. The minimum I could give is 150%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so then... And you, can I just say as well, and I've always, I, you've got the kind of physique that you could have been a centre in rugby, a striker <laughs> in football, a decathlete. You've got that incredible explosive power, haven't you? And we're just fortunate you're in boxing, I think. Yeah. I'm is that right? Because you excelled at all sports, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I did well in um, most sports that I did. They tried to get me to play rugby, but it was just too cold outside. Man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I think came... you say it was too rough, but it's <laughs> it was just too cold. Yeah, I can't... they put you out in the wing or something, or in the centre, yeah. I don't know where they put me. I don't have no um, <laughs> knowledge of rugby too tough. But when I touched the grass and it was like solid cold i was like nah not for me mate sorry <laughs> football cricket all of that i'm involved um so yeah i came to the uk and um start i went uh i came in year six i believe and i you know got involved in football in year seven and i was just addicted to it played football at a decent level um could you have gone on i'd like to say so but, you know some people might say different you know um but so how did you go another way then so how I got into boxing, right? I went to no. People's always said, "Oh, you know what? You should go and box." And I was like, "Nah, bro. Who's punching me in my head? No, 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 no." no. And um, I was just in love with football, but I could always defend myself. Like around the way, I was always cool. So in the in the summer, everybody was going to lift weights in the gym, and you know, I never needed to lift weights, and I and I just thought that wasn't for me. So I thought I'd trick my friend one day. I was like, yo, we're going to go to this location, but you have to pass the gym to go to the location. So we're walking now, and I'm like, yo, this is where we're going. And, like, you know that look somebody gives you of, like, why did you bring me here? And we went, and um, it was hard, man. It was it was hard. But I loved it. And Addicted it was a, straight away. Yeah, and there was a mm. coach. There was a coach. 
And he's, Tell us why this is. Uh, so this was Gravesend. Yeah. Um, it, it was a. Uh, do you know Harry Darmy? I don't yes. know. Yeah, I know Harry Darmy. So yeah, Harry, yeah. it was Harry Darmy's quote. Harry Darmy is the first Indian Asian yep. British champion. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. So it was his gym. It was called Elite um, ABC in Gravesend. In Gravesend. Yeah. And I went there, as I said, it was hard. We did these uh, mad sprints around this rock, uh, rugby <laughs> this rugby field, funny enough. And, um, yeah, I came out and uh, this coach called Jason Wicks was there. And um, I left something in the gym and I went back and he, he goes, oh, uh, he goes, you're good, you are. He goes, you could be a world champion. And in my head, I was like thinking, this Donnie's lost it, mate. He he don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, I kept going. But it going, was so, so the seed, yeah. Yeah, I kind of kept going back. Just because I loved his energy. He's just like a bubbly guy. He's very similar to myself. And um, I loved the energy. And I just went back. And uh, soon soon later, he goes, oh, would you like to fight? And um, So you I, do your medical, you get carded. No, 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 no. So this is what happened, right? He goes, do you like to fight? But I never liked one of the other coaches. So I was like, no, nah, I don't like him. I don't like him. And I don't like him. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, Chev. He goes, Shevington, I can't just train you on my own. Anyway, um, I moved houses. And uh, another side of Gravesend, and there was an, a boxing, I heard there's a boxing club. So I've gone up the boxing club, and it's about six, seven months later. And I've looked through the hole, I was kind of short at the time. And it's him. And I'm like, oh, it's him. So I've gone in there. I'm like, yo, Jason. He's like, Shevin. And then just kind of went there. I got carded, had my first fight. And it just went from there. And he was like, oh, they'll take me to these fights. I can go and see another part of England and have a good time. And I get to beat up somebody. It was great. <laughs> and then the was, journey begins. And then the journey begins. Yeah, and it just went yeah. on and on and on. We're, we're going to be calling people out. Left, right, and centre in a minute, mate. Right, we're going yeah, to be we making are. some fights for twenty twenty four. We're going to get yeah. this dead excited. Okay, yeah. let's yeah. go. But what I, what I want to do, I want to try and give a little bit of inspiration for some of those young up and coming fighters that are trying to go from amateur into pro. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's obviously cost implications for that. You've got some guys and girls out there; they've got to do proper jobs and all these types of things. Did you have any proper jobs on on the on the build up to turning into a, becoming a professional fighter? Yeah, I did. You know, um, so. You know, I come into boxing, I won the Nationals twice. Um, and then I represented Jamaica in the Commonwealth Games. So, you know, I represented Jamaica and it was great. I saw all these people, met, da 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 And I competed and it was terrible. I, I lost. Um, and I was like, I come back home and my dad was like, you know, you got to start working now. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I go, no, I don't. He goes, yeah, you do. I was like, no, I don't. Um, anyway, he was right. So did my lorry license. Lorry? Yeah, yeah. I was a HGV driver. Mega mate. And uh yeah. So very it... envious. <laughs> I am. I've always wanted to drive an HGV. Serious? Yeah. What? But just the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go touring through Europe, just yeah. in the little well, unit. Maybe me, you and Chris Bubank can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I just always thought you get the little truck the unit, unit. Yeah, and yeah. just travel around Europe, sleep in it. Yeah, you know, bro. You, I, you... I, my one used to have a double bed, so bed at top. Um, Love it. Bed at the bottom. So how, how was you, working how you, yeah, how life you do then that doing that? Uh, so from 2014 to 2000 and end of 2015, so basically 16. Okay. And then during that time, my friends were just on my case. Friend Sanjay was just on my case. What, and, uh, not being in the gym, you mean? Yeah, he was like, oh, you're a waste of space. You're a waste of talent. Who's ever been to the Commonwealth Games? You're going to get a fat being a lorry driver. Yeah, bro, yeah. I did. Because I went to 81, yeah? So anyway, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna go back and have a fight. So I had a fight with a guy called Greg Baguette who was on Team GB. And I beat him on our home show. So then I was like, yeah, I'm cool now. I'm good to go back driving my lorries. It's all good. <laughs> and my coach goes, my coach Len goes, oh, you know the championships are in a couple of weeks. This is the British champs, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, th this is the ABAs. I'd never the ABAs, won the open yeah. ABAs. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I was like, damn, I've got to go, go and do it. Because he never really bothered me during my time when I was just low driving. I was like, okay, cool. But in that time, they said that I weighed in for the, um, uh, what's it? I think it was the Southern Counties. Yeah. But nobody turned up at 91 kilos. Cause in so you the, had to buy all the way through, Yeah, no, you? no, I had to buy for that bit, right? Yeah. But hear this now. So my nan passed away, oh, right? Mm. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's part of life. My nan passed away, so we had to go to Jamaica to bury her. So he goes, listen, nobody's turned up. Nobody's turned up, so 
go out. No, it was before. So he was like, go. Nobody Do turns that. up. Yeah. yeah. Nobody turns up. We're going to pay for a flight for you to come back and you're going to enter the ABA. Wow. Gone out, bear in mind, da, 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 da. Montego Bay or not? Yeah, Montego, Montego Bay, Bay size. So yeah. I'm running out there. No no boxing gym. No, no, no. no. Just but you got sure. it in your mind. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. saying goodbye to her, but you're thinking yeah. about... Yeah. Now I weren't even thinking about it. I was like, somebody's going to enter, weigh in. And, and, and I'm, you're done. Yeah, yeah I'm done. Yeah, so yeah. anyway... Ring, ring, phone rings. Ah, oh, nobody entered. <laughs> You're coming back. So they paid for me to come back. Wow. I entered. And yeah, it just went from there. One. You I, did. I thought. I 2015, thought Chris, this isn't it? 16. 16. I thought Chris Bill right. and Smith in the, yeah, fin- yeah. In the, in the final yeah. in Liverpool Echo Arena. You're going to remind him of that in the ring tomorrow night? Nah, man. You're going to step the ropes and remind him? Now nah, I let him have his uh, okay. moment of victory, you know. What's it's a great journey. Yeah, it's I, a great I, journey. I, I, Chev and I have had a lot of chats down the years. <laughs> he has an energy that we were talking about Josh Kelly not yeah, being course. a wasted talent. This guy's got a talent that mustn't be wasted. And you've been reminded of it of several times. When your life's gone another way, what you're telling us tonight is something has brought you back. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're meant to be doing this. Here's this here. I never wanted to be a boxer. Mm. Ever. Mm. <laughs> Never. Mm. I swear it was just going in the gym and, and meeting meeting Jason. He was like, mm. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, you can be a world champion. And I was like, Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> and but yeah, just just him feeding it to me. And he still feeds it to me to this day. Like mad, you, isn't it? Yeah, but are you starting to believe that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he, yeah, to- yeah, yeah. he totally <laughs> he was very, He was very, and I spoke to him after the, the Olympics that were a year late in Tokyo, yeah. and I was out in Tokyo. Um, this is a very disappointed man about the Olympics because this man wanted to come back with gold because when we look at this 200 pounds division, you never have to cut much weight, you know? You're in it, you're, you, you are going to stay, I imagine, at cruiserweight and not go to heavy. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. we'll see. But we need to talk about this division. Mm. Who's the number one for you in the division at the moment? Who, have you, who are you watching? Who you got your eyes on? You're looking at him. Okay, apart from you. No, I get that. No, no, right answer. <laughs> right, right answer. Outside you, I should have said. Talk us about the top five. Who leads the pack at the moment? To be honest, I don't look at these guys. I don't like. I'll go and watch Chris. Um, if like I managed to watch Jaipatai because he was yeah. on the same card as me, yeah. but I don't sit down and watch these guys. Reason being is I'm not gonna fight all of these guys. Mm, mm. So until I have to fight you, there's no point in me stressing my energy. Yeah, sitting down like, oh, you. this guy's done yeah, this. Yeah, He's, yeah. It's none of my business. Mm. When we have to deal with business, we'll, I'll switch on to that. We're seven fights into this pro career, right? Mm-hmm. And I have this thing, other people have a different opinion, but I have this thing about elite amateurs, we don't have to give them 15, 20, 25 fights before we see them in something meaningful because mm-hmm. they've travelled the world, they've had experience all over the place, they know what they're doing. I'm of the ilk of, we get to 10 fights, double digits, we're rocking and rolling, let's get into something proper. What's the what's the destination for you? Are we talking, would you like to do Southern area, English, British, European, or do you want to go even quicker than that? Before I answer that question, right, see, when people speak about this transition thing, there's always two ways that people talk about it. Mm. You um, Respect to him, um... My man that fought on a weekend, I've, I've literally just well, gone which back. which weekend? I literally the weekend. Michael Conlon? Michael Conlon, yeah. right? Great prospect from the Olympics. Yeah. And everybody was expecting him to do good. But as soon as you don't do good, it's like, oh, amateurs don't make you a good pro. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So when it comes to all of that, I don't pay attention to all of it. I'm on my own journey. Um, but you've, I, got, you've got a pro style. <laughs> That's what I'm I've saying. Been to- I've been told that um, a lot from, from, from being an amateur, but... For me, um, it's just, you know, as they come, I take them. Um, I think you've seen it. I've not had no easy fights since I've been a uh, pro. Um, and I've handled everybody. I've taken everybody serious. And I've dished out punishment as as they come. Yeah, it, it strikes me, and Adam will attest to this because we've talked about it many times. There's people who are on um, a rhythm that's laid out for them where they will do British Commonwealth European world and it'll take 22 fights to get to world but there's people that are ready okay let me but st- there's people that are ready let, let me stop you there because 
we've been talking for a minute now. Yeah. And this is a thing that's been happening. Nobody's mentioned the fact that I've been mandatory for the British since June when I beat um, David Jameson. Yeah. And I see it on socials. They'll be mentioning Vidal Riley. They'll be mentioning this guy. They'll right be mentioning so that So we're fighting Isaac Chamberlain? Bro, I don't know are what, you, the, what you, the promoter's are saying. Cause he's just, I'm, are fi- I'm fighting whoever's got that British. Yeah. Chev wants it. Right? That's, that's what, what I, I said, said about Chamberlain. You. So Isaac Chamberlain is just beating Lowell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's the current holder of that Lonsdale belt. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah, I want the belt, yeah. That, ready. Ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. That's what you are. Ready. What did you make of the chamberlain Lowell fight? Um, only one person turned up. Isaac? Isaac turned up and did it. You know, they both had the same amount of time to prepare. Only one person turned up. Um, to be fair to Isaac, I thought he'd never let Lowell out of the box either. Is that fair? Yeah, he he did what he had to do. Yeah. Um, Lowell then tried in the last, I think it was the 11th and the 12th. Where, like, where he gone then? You know what I mean? What would you have done? Um, not what Lowell done. <laughs> you, you know. Would you have taken it to both of them then? You know, um, it's it's easy to say when you're outside of the ring, but you guys see my style, and if you haven't seen it, YouTube's your best friend right now. Go and check it out. Definitely so, check him out. He's okay. a very dangerous so, fighter. So Isaac Chamberlain's the holder of that Lonsdale belt, right? Mm-hmm. What conversations have you had with your promoter about trying to make that fight? Oh yeah, we definitely had a conversation. Um, so it's just now for him uh, to go out there and make it happen. You know, um, in, in order I'm, in order to lobby the British Boxing Board of Control to call that fight because you are the number one challenger. So mandate it, give us a date. I didn't. I, this is the thing. Yeah, it's not vacant. I didn't get bypassed to it. I earned it. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So give him my give him my chance. Do you know what I mean? Give me my chance. Should that be your next fight, then? Absolutely. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it as my next fight. Let's not talk. No, no, no. Should that be your next fight? That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, it should be. You're number one with the British Boxing Board of Control. You're a seasoned amateur. You've turned into this professional game. Isaac Chamberlain's your champion. You're number one. Now it's time for the British Boxing Board of Control to call that fight. Make a deal. If you can't make a deal, go to purse bids, make the fight, and let's make that fight happen. Because then that then gives you leverage going forward in order in to start to bring in some of these big fights that we've just been speaking about on the show. Mm-hmm. Because the British scene at Cruiserweight is extremely exciting right now. And I can tell with the, just a the glint in your eye, there's a little, there's a tiny, listen, I'm, I'm going to speak on your behalf here. There's a tiny little bit of frustration here because there's other guys that get some pop. And don't get me wrong, they are maybe further along, some of those, than you right now, competing in world championship fights. But there's also people that aren't in world championship fights, slightly underneath what I would class as yourself, that are getting a little bit more pop than you are. Yeah, because, you know, like, on the socials, I'll be hearing, oh, you know, the Cruiserweight division is great. You know, Isaac's got the British, and now he's been uh, uh, mandated for the e- EBU. Um, and then they'll go, oh, Chris Billingsmith, great. Um, Ocoli's in there. Vidal Riley's in there. Richard Ooh. Riakpour. Richard Riakpour. Mm. Where's Chev, yo? Chev's only had seven fights, and look who he's fought. I fought um, Vasco Dukar, who gave Jordan Tom not Jordan Thompson down in in his last in the last round. Do you know what I mean? Beat a couple yeah, of yeah. Ago. yeah. I, I fought on that same bill, so you know, like, give me my props. I'm tra- I'm just trying to think of some other names as well that are probably getting a little bit more lime than you right now. Well, four like, of those five and names. Zorro, for example. I know that, that Zorro, fight's yeah. in, in in a bit of jeopardy at the moment with yeah. uh, with Jaya Pataya. Jack Massey, as well. All people like that are also getting a lot more limelight right now. And you, your name should absolutely be mentioned in and amongst those things. Tommy Fury's in the cruiserweight division. He's in what division? Tommy Fury's in the cruiserweight. The YouTube di- division, did you say? Yeah, and I said the cruiserweight YouTube division. <laughs> well, you tell me you wouldn't fight him. I would. Oh, yeah, I'd be him. That could be your biggest payday of your life. It, it could be, but it'd be like the easiest fight in my life too. How, what are you motivated by, Shev? What Motiv- motivates you deep inside you? Motivated to provide for myself and my family. That, what motivates you to come to work? I, I love it. I have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not work. I, I, I enjoy it so much. That's fair. And I love helping, telling, narrating the stories of what you guys do. Because it, it's inspiring. You know what? You're very good at it as well. So, 
No, come on, stop blowing smoke now. Yeah, yeah. Two years. You right, no, no, I, 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 I might be good at it, but I'm only good at it because I've got a passion for it and I've done yeah. it a long time and I've got a passion. Um, so has Adam, incidentally, mm. for stories like yours in front of us tonight. But, where but there, I think where we're also... there is someone on the edge of a cliff that wants to jump into the water and go. But mm. what, we're, what we're also fully aware of and what we're, we're passionate about on this particular show is people who earn it should get the opportunity mm. for it. Mm. This game, sadly, doesn't always legislate for it's that. It's the Wild West. As I've just said to you in the break, closed mouths sometimes don't get fed. Other mm. people who are mm. a little bit more out there, a little bit more forthcoming, get opportunities maybe a little bit quicker than they than they deserve when yeah, other yeah. people don't necessarily get that thing. Hence having you on the programme today to try and shine a little bit of that light, my man. When can we see you next? When, when, when are you looking to get a date? Well, I'm hoping to be on the early show Matchroom put on in the new year, so... Is that Tasha Jonas? And... No, that's a boxer one. Uh, who Come is on, it? man. Who is it, then? I'm not sure. I haven't oh, been, I I haven't been well, given anything. Well, show, the, yeah. the, the, the rumoured matchroom date is a February 3rd date. We don't know whether that is happening or not happening at this moment in time. If that goes ahead, that would be a card for you to, to get yourself on at the start of that year. And also, most of the cruiserweights in the country are signed up to Boxer. Well, that, well... That's, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah, here. but this again, is where boxing doesn't and, and work. And again, sometimes. this is again, this is yeah. going to be a frustrating thing because politics in this game and whether promoters are working with each other, whether broadcasters are going to work with each other, is extremely frustrating. But from this young man's point of view, he is the number one with the British yeah. boxing board of control. Yeah. Yeah. So if you call that fight as a mandated fight, it has to happen. Either it goes to purse bids or it doesn't go to purse bids. One way or another, the fight or you fight for that championship belt. That's how this moves on. That's how the it game might not is be to in work. your bones, but I would be chasing them down. I'd be chasing them down, turning media stories around, going to their gyms. Mate, this guy's wicked at it. Hire Gareth, right? Gareth will mouth off for you, no problem I, whatsoever, uh, right? He'll make a fight uh, for you. The other day we had George Groves in, Adam was away doing UFC, and I had George Groves in. I can remember a time in the media room in Vegas when Frotch and Groves were there, and I said to, to, to Groves, go and push Frotch. Now, they'd already had the Wembley fight. I said, go and push him in the media room in front of him. You know the big media rooms in the MGM Grand? And George went, no, no, I can't, I can't. I spoke to Frotch about it the next day. I said, what would you have done if, if Groves had pushed? He said, I had a fight with him in the media room. We'd have had our trilogy. <laughs> Don't. Go for, them. A few quid. go for them. Go for them. What did Ali do with Frazier and all these guys, you know? You got that beautiful look about you, by the way. You got you remind me of Joe Frazier. Oh, you got that look about you, you got those hooks about you, you know? Go out there and <laughs> he's on one. He's now, it. Yeah, he's on one now, man. Go out there. Listen, go out there and go and get hold of it. Be authentic, you know? be yourself, and it's gonna happen, man. It will happen. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, sure. and fingers crossed we do get to see it in the first couple of months of yeah. uh, of twenty twenty four. And hopefully it might be a British title fight. And come back here soon and talk to us again because it's amazing having you on air. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, listen, pleasure having you on the show, sir. Um, and like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing you do your thing. You've had three this year, haven't you? You've had three fights this year. Um, Hopefully we could get four in it out of next year then. Yeah, three. three I'm, have... Yeah, I've had three this year. Yeah. Um, so let's get four in next year. And then, then. we'll have a world Hopefully. title early 2025, okay? Hey, hey, We're done? Hey. Okay, hey. good. Fingers crossed, he can get himself that British title fight. Now, one person that impressed us last weekend was Jordan Gill. He stepped up against Michael Conlon in Belfast and delivered a career-best performance. But I'm sure you're fully aware that in the aftermath of that fight, he gave his post-fight speech talking about the mental struggles that he's had over the last 12 months. He joined myself and Gareth on the show this week to expand on that story. So if I can take you back to Kiko Martinez, I know that's not a good place to go first and foremost, but if I can take you back there first, what's the immediate aftermath like of that loss to Kiko Martinez for you? Well, it was the case where, you know, it wasn't expected. Um, I thought I'd beat Kiko, but, you know, it was reviewing everything and, and understanding why we lost and, uh, you know, what went wrong. And, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough pill to swallow. I thought, you know, that was my chance to, to become mandatory or, or get a final eliminator for a world title and you know it was snatched away from me was there at that time considerations about career weight uh, movement all these types of things that people go through in the immediate aftermath of a loss what, what what are you thinking about what the path is next for you well to be honest it was I, I was really considering retirement um you know 
if I didn't beat Kiko that night, then I thought, you know, am I ever going to win a world title? And when you've been European champion, the only thing left is to win a world title. So, um, you know, for me, I was I was genuinely considering retirement. And, you know, knowing knowing what I went through to make the weight and stuff, if I did come back, it'd definitely be upper weight or even two weights. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a tough time and, you know, a lot of reflecting and a lot of thinking what's next. But we uh, got back on the horse. We did get back on the horse. And I'll get to that horse in a minute, my friend. Um, how does that affect external parts of your life? Because it's we, obviously, pundits and fans, we see what you do in the ring. We judge you inside the ring. And we, we have an opinion, oh, you're a fighter. You can deal with all sorts of bits and bats. But you do have extended life. You've got relationships outside of boxing. How does that affect, when you're going through that professionally, how does that affect everything externally? It affects everything. Um, you know, to be a professional fighter, it has to be a lifestyle. You have to, you know, put everything into it. And it has to consume you. Um, for 20 years of my life or longer, it has consumed me. It's been my main focus and everything that's, it, everything I've ever done is all around boxing and you know uh, my wife understood that and you know me being a, I spent a couple of months at home after the Kiko fight pondering what to do and things like that and you know I was sitting at home I was depressed and down and you know everything sort of fell by the wayside and, and, and things weren't things weren't great at home so everything's affected um, you know your mood your, your sleep your relationships and yeah, it was, a, it was a tough time, and it got dark, man. Yeah. As you as you explain in the in the immediate aftermath of the fight, it got it got to a point where you were genuinely considering whether you wanted to be on the planet or not. Yeah, sure. Um, and it was even like after I'd come back to training up in Sheffield, um, and I've been training since you know January. Um, and I was waiting for a fight and, you know, promoters interested because you're coming off a loss and, you know, everyone likes a winner and, you know, there was no opportunities coming up and you know, I was spending a load of money on rent up in Sheffield and, and spending a load of money, you know, going on this training camp, that training camp and, and stuff and, you know, nothing was coming for me and it was, it was a time and all that time, um, you know, I was going through stuff with, with my wife and, you know, we broke up and, you know, seeing someone else and, it's just one thing after another, it all gets on top and I just had enough. What happened? Um, yeah, well, I'd never drunk in my life, never drunk alcohol until mm. 2023. And, uh, you know, I just had enough. I wanted to, I didn't want to be here. Um, and I drank a litre of vodka in a field and uh, was planning to, to end it all. But, you know, the girl that I was seeing at the time come and save me. And... Uh, yeah, and and I got back back to training and and went out to see my friend Lee Wood in training camp in Fort Ventura. He was training for the Warrington fight that just got announced, and um, I went out, you know, as a little bit of a break and do a little bit of training, get back on the track, and I enjoyed the training out there. We had a laugh, um, you know. Lee supported me, and and um, when I come back to England after two or three weeks out in Fort Ventura, I um, started going down to. Ben Davidson gym um, to to help Lee with sparring and things and you know I've got training and the offer for the Michael Conlon fight come through and I thought what have I got to lose I've got, I've got to take this opportunity People listening to you speaking about that moment that happened earlier on this year now that obviously you're out the other side of it and you're in a far better place what is there advice is, is, this, is there a way that you reflect upon that moment that maybe you can help others that are that are maybe suffering with some serious issues right now yeah of course i think you know looking back it was a bad time and you it makes you realize that all these thoughts and feelings are just temporary so it might be bad now but it's not going to be bad forever say you're 25 years old and you've had the worst year of your life and for a year you've been completely depressed it's still only four percent of your life so You've only been depressed for 4% of your life. And if you went into a boxing ring or if you went uh, to a lottery and said there's a, there's a 4% chance you're going to win uh, or a 4% chance that you're going to lose, then you'd be happy with that. So, um, 
I, I, I just look at it like that now and, and, you know, take each day as it comes and, and just be positive, eat clean, train hard and, and stay on it and stay positive and, and, you know, it's just all these thoughts and feelings are temporary and, you know, something better is around the corner, as I've shown. You've obviously got good people around you, man. And um, how much has boxing been able to realign that focus and get you back on the right track? Well, massively, massively. I think for me, I need to be busy. For me, I need to train. If I don't feel right when I don't train. And I think, you know, in and out of boxing, you know, I go into the gym all the time and, so many people are just training and they say it just keeps them on track and keeps their mental health right and and i think training is so important get them endorphins in you in your uh, in your body in your bloodstream and makes you feel good so training has been one thing uh, having this fight has been a focus for me um something to get up for every day and something for to make me eat clean so you can't be walking around eating burgers and drinking vodka um when you've yeah. got a big fight and you're on the, the underdog, so um, yeah, eating clean and, and just being healthy and, and being, spending more time at home has been been a massive help for me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This weekend coming, Josh Kelly fights for the first time as a professional in his hometown of Sunderland. He joined me and Gareth on Saturday night to preview the fight. How thrilled are you for the first time as a pro getting to fight in, in Sunderland, mate, next weekend? A show yeah, built around you, that's well. sensational. Yeah, it'd be good, you know. It's, um, it's going to be electric. I know what the crowd brings up. Um, the local crowd and all, all the lads in the crowd so it'd be great to see some familiar faces and um, get back up to the motherland in a sense so it'll be good the beacon, the beacon of light yes love it that's it mate that's what it. a place yeah it's going to be it's going to be some atmosphere um, we've had a change of opponent of course uh, it was yeah. supposed to be the South African Rook Knapp um, mm. he, he, uh, he withdrew a little earlier on this month uh, due to injury um, and Placido Ramirez the Colombian is the person that comes in which I think he's, yeah. which I think he's a good opponent because it's very difficult when you're getting last minute uh, replacement opponents to get a level of opponent that can keep you on edge this guy can crack a bit which will obviously keep you sharp in the training uh, and obviously in the performance next weekend mm, I need someone to keep his twist on keep his if you see when I box Troy all the stress provoked us to keep switched on. So I just need to keep like a opponent like this. You can't switch off from because obviously they can they haven't got that many outs for any reason. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. no reason at all. So it's uh, it'd be good get them dancing shoes back on. <laughs> take them for a spin. How much are you enjoying it now, man? Every time I see it, you're always yeah. smiling. I, mean, I see uh, obviously little yeah. bits of video in the gym, in the new setup, by the way. We we had them and what have you, and it looks like you're having a whale of a time. It looks like you're back on it. Yeah, I'm having fun, but all the main thing is to have fun when I'm doing this sport because 
it's it's only a short lived career, so you might as well have fun when doing it. So I'm um I'm really enjoying it. And it's it's when I'm on form and I'm enjoying it, then yeah, I'm a nightmare for anyone, for everyone. So yeah. I'm um I'm really looking forward to sixteen putting a putting a great performance on. And well, well, we're fully anticipating a great performance. And then twenty twenty four, it's an interesting yeah. it's an interesting question for you because number one with the WBO uh, in this weight division, number four with the IBF, and number twelve with the WBC. What is the plan, mate? What is the plan for twenty twenty four? I don't want to ever look past. I don't want to ever look past anyone. I never ever like to talk for what's after. Um, well, twenty twenty four is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Um, listen, you got domestic names there. Wouldn't mind. Well, I don't know if they would. I don't think they they want want me too much. But there's some domestic names there where I'd love to put put the gloves on with and mix it with. You know, so don't be ambiguous. Like, don't be ambiguous on this show, man. Give me the names. Come on, who we're playing with? Uh, not in all the names for the Connor Bench, the Kellbrooks, the Eubanks. You brought. I don't think none of them really wanna. None of them would wanna put the gloves on with me and and um and try it. I just think because when. When I make you miss, you start making you look stupid and take you for a dance. It's just the again your head, and it's it's not night then. You kind of you kind of catch up. Like I'm, I go missing. Do you know what I mean? You, and I can crack a little bit, and people don't think I can. So it'll be um be nice to see see the end of this year out on a big statement. So I'm focusing on this first. Those first those those names that you've just mentioned there are obviously massive, right? Yeah. Huge names, and there's a lot of obviously dough that will be involved in that. But none of those at the moment would bring you, for example, world title honours? Mm-hmm. Would, would you want yeah. to ac- accomplish becoming world champion first, maybe fighting yeah. like the Tim Zoos of this world or the Charles of this world or something like that before you got those? Or is that, or are you not bothered at the moment? I'm easy. What, what, whatever comes first. I mean, to become a world champion, to become the first world champion from Sunderland would be amazing. So that would, that's one of my goals. That's doesn't matter with or without them. That's one of my goals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Um, by the time I finish this boxing game, but listen, it's all a big circus at the moment. Everyone's everyone's um, creating this mad circus, so you might as well jump in amongst it and start spinning some wheels and play it yourself. So <laughs> well, might the, as well get involved. The, the funny thing is, before you came in here, we were talking about the Regis Progray and um, Devon Haney fight tonight, and Devon Haney. Um, in a similar way to you, it, it likes to be the matador to the bull, yeah, mm. and and he's earning his stripes as a as a fan favourite through jeopardy, if you like, against people that want to come and take his head off. He's we we believe he'll win on points again tonight, yeah. but we want to see him in against Teofimo Lopez or Ryan Gossi or Tank Davis, all these guys. I mean, I know you're a, a bigger weight, but in a way, you've got a guy coming tonight, or t- next week rather, Placido Ramirez, 17 knockouts in 24 fights. Yeah, we're trying to do the same thing. It's, it's, but it's harder. I think for, for fighters like Josh, who are hit and not be hit, who want to show their skills. I know you're sitting down more on your punches and you're a bigger man now, which is why yeah. you're no longer the pretty boy. I know, but you are a bigger man. I mean, I'm, when I bumped yeah. into you in Belfast, when poor old Conlon lost against um, Lopez, you you are physically thicker now uh, than you were and you're better for it. I remember saying to you, you look good at the weight. Yeah. But you've got the power, you know, as well as the movement. And I think it's when you... It, it's harder to win fans over when you aren't being knocked over all the time and getting up and winning at the end mm. of the day. I think it's I think it's a weird one, you know. I, I always say about people with styles where you don't get hit much or you try not to get hit much, mm. then it's weird because as soon as you do get tagged or as soon as you do take a punch or as soon as you, the round becomes a little bit closer, they they hit you with a few more shots than, than they should have, even though you've landed 30 more on them. Everyone seems to go. Oh, I think you might have lost that round. Or I think you might have been close. Or it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard, isn't it? It, it? You set that stall out for yourself. You have to sort of be on point every fight. And you can't really afford to be in there mixing it. Because soon as you, as soon as you get tagged with a couple of shots, they're like give the round to the other guy because you've had so many. They, they're not used to seeing you getting hit. So it's a it's a it's a balance, it's a weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's a, um, it's a nice place to be. You're not getting hit that much. I mean, the laws doesn't say that, but. Obviously, still got me looks at Adam, so I'm not too bad. Can I can I also ask you and on a serious note, because you did have a dark year way yeah. back. You must have heard Jordan Gill speaking. Adam did a brilliant interview mm-hmm. with him that we played out earlier on tonight. 
I like the fact, and I know you were very internal with your darkness. Yeah. Are you seeing that tough men can speak out ab about internal issues they're having? Because we're seeing more and more that fighters, if they can be transparent about the difficulties they're going through, it's actually easier mm -hmm. to get through. Am I, am I speaking to you in that way? Are you hearing that? Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I mean, me and you've talked before, yeah. Gareth, about things, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite like a personal guy when it comes to letting people into my life, so I only mm. let, I only like a small circle of people, so mm. it's, I don't really speak out much about it. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but obviously, that wasn't just a year, that was like leading, that was like years leading up to that, yeah. it was yeah. getting crazy, so it just, it, it just, I just got to keep on top of things, and I always, I always do, and Keep a smile on my face because only only he wants. Do you know what I mean? Only he wants. So, listen. Obviously, next week business. Lots of people coming out to watch, and they're going to be uh, thrilled once again to see the pretty yeah. boy do his thing uh, in in the ring, especially in your hometown of Sunderland. But I've got. Oh, I've got listen, I've just got a warning first and foremost, right? Because I know that. Listen, like every good man, you've got a good woman alongside you. You've got some beautiful children as well. I know the week after. You are going to be getting picked on, mate, to do the matching pyjama thing on, on Christmas Eve, right? Say no, brother. Say no. Say no. Come Say on, man. No. no, stop it. I see your Instagram and you, you're all kitted up in the same gear. Stop doing it, right? You, you always be scrolling for a couple of years, you know, because that's been like, that's down the bottom, that thing. Adam's, Adam's one of them, isn't he? Just go on. I'll find you, man. I'll find you, I'll find you. Go on. And... Be on great form on Monday. We're going to do a deep interview for Off the Cuff on DAZN leading into your fight as well. Can't wait to see you down at Adam's gym in Surrey. Yes, yeah, sure. Come on. Roger that. Just, just right. on that, because that's an, a really interesting point. Yeah. The the confidence that you must have now from, obviously, Wasserman investing in you, DAZN invested in you, and, and putting you on, on, on the and building shows around you now, Josh. I mean, yeah. that, that's a big, big thing. Yeah, gets my my name should be I think built around like that. Uh, well, not think I know it should be. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was uh, until I had that blow up. I was the I was everyone's thing. I was uh, the best in, since sliced bread. But if you think of the wins I've had after that, and it, it went under the radar a little bit in my opinion. Mm. But I mean, it is what it is. The cream always rises, and I feel as though I'll be there. I'll be there to um to collect to collect all the gold in the end. But it's the thing is right not to not. Don't be bothered about anything. Just let it happen. The world's happening around us. You've got to let it happen. Just let it happen. Just be a part of it. Enjoy it. Because it's all uh, it's, we walk this we walk this world once. We go up and down. It's a ride. It's right, left, up and down. And end of the day, we're all we're all not going to be remembered for too long after we after we pass on. It's getting a bit deep, but yeah, I'm um, I'm uh, free minded, so. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great, and well, I, I think, think yeah, your beautiful words. We should breathe the universe in and out with every breath. Is is where mm -hmm. I'm going with this. That's where you put it. The mood you're putting me. Quick one, final one before we say good night. Who yeah. have you got winning out of uh, Devon Haney and Regis Progre later in uh, in America? I see Haney beating him on points. I just think if Progre can't close the distance, um, where his feet is quick, and then he could be in trouble because Haney's got. A, Haney's got a big, he's got a beautiful jab on him, but mm. Haney's advantage has been he's got a massive top half on him. He's got like a he's got like a welterweight top half on him. Yeah. He's quite um, lean legs, so I'm not sure whether that's giving an advantage coming through the weights and this could be a bit more even. But I just see him just keeping him on a jab for too long if if Progre can't cut that distance. But we'll soon see. I'd like to see Progre break down the distance and then um, with them we have a fight. On December the 23rd, in Saudi Arabia, Anthony Joshua fights Otto Valen in a big jeopardy fight in the heavyweight division. Gareth caught up with Otto Valen a little earlier on in the week to preview the fight. Mr Otto Valen, great to see you ahead of the December 23rd day of reckoning card. You're facing Anthony Joshua, of course. How are you doing? How's training going? I think it looks like you're in New York still. Yes, I am. Uh, things are going well. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm happy. I'm very excited. I've been working for this uh, for a really long time. So I'm, I'm really excited that it's happening. And training is going, going really well. I'm having good sparring, good sessions. And uh, just we have uh, pretty much one week more training than heading out to Saudi Arabia. Get ready for the fight. So... If I'm not ready now, I'm never going to be ready. 
And let me ask you, how um, how exciting is it to be on one of the biggest cards of all time with Saudi Arabia putting, I think it's 10 of you in the top 15 in the world with all the sanctioning bodies on this card? It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I think, I mean, it's unprecedented. I never heard of a boxing card like this and they made it happen so quick. And in like a week, they put it all together, which I found unbelievable. And to be part of this is just something that, uh, I mean, I could never have dreamed of it really because when I first turned pro or when I first started boxing, professional boxing was forbidden in Sweden. Yeah. So there was no professional boxing. And now, you know, coming out of there and fighting my way here and now fighting on this big card against Anthony Joshua, it's just amazing. And it's just, uh, it's been quite a journey and I'm really happy that things are finally happening for me. And I think that I deserve it and I'm ready for it. Um, you, you say it was done in a week. Um, how how did you hear that you were facing Joshua and how quickly did you accept? Well, uh, Jolene, my manager, she got the call uh, from somebody from somebody from his side offering us the fight. And we didn't take it too serious. I didn't take it too serious at first because I feel like they always reach out to different guys and this and that. But I said, yes, I'm interested. And we were going back and forth a little bit. And then it seemed like they really wanted me. So... We made it happen in, I think, two days. It uh, wasn't hard at all. And um, now we're here. Let's get into some of the detail with you and Anthony Joshua. Um, I understand he wanted a rematch clause, but you weren't bothered about one. Is that right? Yeah, they wanted a rematch clause. They had the, re the rematch clause. Uh, if it was up to me, it wouldn't be there, of course. I, I think it's pretty silly. He's not the champion anymore. So... Just, um, I, f I find it, I don't know, I find it weird that they would have a rematch clause, but uh, there's not much I can do. If I say no to that, well, there's no fight. I don't get this opportunity. So to get these big opportunities, you got to, in boxing, you got to you gotta deal with some things that you don't want to, but it's all right. I just, uh, if I beat him once, I beat him again. So no problem. Just explain for those listening, Obviously, I, I get it, but just explain for those listening why you think they want a rematch clause. Well, I think there's only one reason, that they're scared of him losing. Because if they were if they were so sure that he's going to beat me, they wouldn't need a rematch clause. And the rematch clause is basically that it says that if I win the fight, this, he has the right to call for a rematch. And if he wins the fight, I have no say. So... It's just on my side that if I win the fight, they're gonna have a rematch if they want to. So, so I can only see one reason. That's them them being scared of him losing. I can't really see any other reason. You fought him. I think you fought Joshua twice in the amateurs. No. Yes, one Does time that... in in Harrogate uh, in London, and one time uh, Sweden versus England, which was in Sweden. Is he very different now in terms of style that you see to the guy you fought then? And are you different now as well? Yeah, I think we're both different. This was very early on in our careers. And I think the first time we fought might have been uh, 2008 or 2009. Then in the next time, 2011, I think. So I think that he's developed a lot. I've developed a lot. I remember him back then. He was more of a seek and destroy kind of guy. He was strong. Uh, aggressive and came to fight. I think now he's different. He he's more technical. He he's not as sure of himself, and he he feels. I think he feels that he's vulnerable. He's been beat by Ruiz, of course, stopped there, and and beat by Usyk. So he's very aware now, and he's he feels he knows that he's vulnerable. He knows that he can lose, and I feel like he's fighting now not to lose instead of fighting to win. Mm. So. It was very interesting at the press conference for Day of Reckoning that he was asking you about, have you got your business together? Have you got your, what was what was going on there in your view? Uh, I don't know. We were going back and forth a little bit. I was telling him, you know, I like you, but I got to beat you. Uh, nothing personal. I think, I think he takes things kind of personal. And then, yeah, he was asking about my business. I couldn't really hear what he was saying, but... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, at the end, he said that after the fight, don't come and try and shake my hand because you're talking now. We're not going to be shaking hands after. I said, 
don't worry about it. I'm not here to make friends. I'm I'm here to beat you. Well, when you say that he 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 fights not to lose now, rather than goes out to win, do you think the changes that he's gone through? Maybe he's scarred by some of his defeats. Maybe he's like you say vulnerable. Do you think? that makes him more vulnerable against you in the ring as well. Because clearly, apart from your loss to Tyson Fury, which has its own controversy as well, you've never lost. Um, yeah. Do you think he's in a world of trouble <clears throat> when he steps in against you? Of course. I, I think that it was a mistake for them to take this fight. And on short notice, he's got a new trainer. And it's, it's hard when you when you keep changing trainers. i I never done it, but I know that I... I've been with my trainers uh, for 10 years now, both of them. Mm. And we have a really good relationship. We trust each other in and out the ring. I trust them. They trust me. So when, when I've been told something about uh, what to do, I know that I have to do that. But I think it's different. If you have a new trainer every every now and then, you go into the ring, you start getting hit. Then the, peop- the person in the, in the corner telling you what to do and you might not believe it. Or might not trust it one hundred percent. I think that's a that's a big problem, and I think for him, like like we said, he is vulnerable. And I think before when he was coming up, he was knocking everybody out. He probably felt like Superman, and everybody loved him and mm. and that. And then he's lost, and people started to turn on him. So I think that's really hard, and I think he has too much pressure on his shoulders. And I think that's really what's bringing him down. Otto Wallen in a fight with Anthony Joshua on December the 23rd. Uh, what I was going to say a couple of moments ago is that we kind of fell for him a little bit when uh, he fought uh, Tyson Fury. Obviously, when he fought Tyson Fury, if you remember at that time, that was more of a, a Tyson Fury welcome to America type situation. He's obviously come off the back of the first fight with Deontay Wilder. It's a draw. Most people would say that Tyson Fury won that fight. And then he signs with top rank and then he goes on this... Uh, American showcase where he, he fights Schwartz and he fights Wallen. He goes on the talk shows and it's more of a, a profile builder. But if you remember the Wallen fight, Wallen gave him hell. And if that fight takes place in any other state, uh, any other athletic commission in the United States probably pull that fight because of the severity of the cut. God, 47 that, stitches. Inside and out. It was yeah. a horrific, horrific yeah. cut. Um, Plastic surgery, everything. It was, it was, it was just oh. that gets pulled. You're absolutely right. That would have got pulled anywhere else. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But Otto Wallen off the back of that kind of establishes himself in name as a bit of a contender in the heavyweight division. And he's had to do it the hard yards. Obviously, we know that he had a fight but with Dillian White. That fell through. And there's various bits that have gone on and, and not gone on. But last time out against my, uh, against Murat Gassiev, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Correct. And he's earned himself an opportunity at the top table. Now, the, the, the opportunity that he's getting in December 23rd on this card, which he's obviously going to be beamed around the world and a lot of eyes on, uh, he's taking on one of the premier names in the heavyweight division, and that premier name is Anthony Joshua. And that is an Anthony Joshua, as Otto Wallen was just highlighting there, who has met on two previous occasions in the amateurs, a very different version of Anthony Joshua that Otto Wallen has met previously, and other people have met. We don't know where Anthony's at right at this moment. He's had a little bit of a change of training camp this time around. He's working with Ben Davison. We're both big fans of Ben. I'm sure Ben's doing some wonderful work with him. But how quickly will that be embedded into Anthony for this particular fight. While in speaking there, yeah. sounds incredibly confident, very assured of himself. He knows exactly what he's going to be bringing. We don't, there's more questions, in my opinion, in this fight on Anthony Joshua's side than there is on Otto Wallen's side. He's he's ready to rock and roll, this guy, and this is a big opportunity for him. Yeah, there's several things. When you look at their, their trajectories from 2018 onwards, obviously, or 2019, um, Otto Valin has that fight with Tyson Fury and we suddenly, everybody knows who he is. Mm. Those 47 stitches and facial surgeries, um, plastic surgery for Tyson Fury. Otto Valin's won his last six and as you last say, over those last four years, five years, that Murat Gassiev split decision really cemented him. He's a tricky southpaw. He's clever. Gassiev is a serious fighter. Mm. Um, it was never a split, by the way. He won that. No, I, I agree. I agree. But it was it, it, yeah, it, it, on the cards, it was a split decision. Yeah. It was over in Turkey, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, nothing against Turkey, but it was over in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the meantime, Anthony Joshua um, goes in his five fights, three losses and two wins, or three losses, three wins, isn't it, in the last six. So the, the loss to Andy Ruiz, the rematch, the two losses to Alexander Usyk, all the things that Otto Valin was saying there, go back to things like the narrative arc, the story of Francis and Garner against Tyson Fury. When people are carrying something inside them, we didn't hear it in that interview. He said, I'm from a tiny little village in Sweden. Yeah. He said, 
professional boxing wasn't even legal when I took the sport up. He represented his country honourably around the world and then took his own life to New York to train out of New York. He's been there six odd years. He said all the right things there. But he didn't say them aimed at Anthony Joshua. He was staying in his own lane thinking about himself. They want a rematch clause because they fear losing against me. I'm not allowed a rematch clause. This is my opportunity. He sees him as vulnerable. I don't think he's wrong. He is, And you, you love that line. He's not fighting to win anymore. He's fighting not to lose. Yeah. And that defensiveness... Big. Yes, um, Otto Valin was beaten twice by Anthony Joshua in the amateurs, but... This is a different Mark II of both fighters. Otto Valin on the rise, probably at his very best right now. Um, very experienced. And Anthony Joshua not wanting to lose. And if he does lose, he gets the rematch against Wallin. So he's got all options open. All it's done is fill Valin with confidence. Time to turn our attention towards MMA. On Friday night of the week just gone, Gareth went to Dublin for the PFL European Championships. And the star of the show was Dakota Dechiva. Yes, I know we've had her on the show previously, but we bigged her up and it's always fair to have the aftermath as well. Once they become champion. And Dakota very kindly joined us on Saturday night with the belt to talk about a fantastic win. Right, last night, Gareth was in Dublin uh, for the European finals uh, of the PFL. It's been a fantastic run right up until Dublin last night. And we had a lot of British and Irish interest in various fights, one of which we've had her on the show previously. Uh, we've tipped her for superstardom. And last mm. night, she absolutely lived up to that, putting on a, de- well, it was a, a literal demolishment, wasn't it, uh, in that first round uh, against her opponent and crowned herself as uh, the flyweight European champion. She's on the show right now, Dakota Dechiva. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm happy. I bet you are. I <laughs> bet the voice as well. <laughs> I bet you are. Um, I'm sure the celebrations went well on into uh, the early hours with the uh, with the friends and family that made the trip uh, over to Dublin uh, for for last night. It couldn't have gone better. And I'm not just talking about last night. I'm talking about the whole European series. Obviously, signing with the PFL, coming out of Muay Thai and what have you into the world of MMA. You've been punch perfect so far, and now set yourself up for the global tournament next year. Yeah, so we've got the belt that we wanted this year. You know, that was kind of the main focus. I needed to get this um, in order to move up to the next stage. And I feel like I've conquered Europe now. I need something more. So when I head global, I think. <laughs> what happens over the over the next couple of months? Because that obviously won't kick in until, uh, what, April, May next year when the, when the tournament gets going with the, with, the, with the PFL. So do you take some time off? Do we stay in the gym? What do we do over this period now? No, I stay in the gym. I always stay in the gym. I'll have a week off, don't get me wrong, but I always stay in the gym. It keeps me sane. You know, I can't go a day without working out. So um, I'll obviously tame it down and just kind of, you know, start learning again. I feel like I learn the best when I'm out of camp. So this will kind of be nice and relaxed, just learning new things again until we're ready to, until we get some fight news and see what happens next year. Because I'm not 100% whether I'm going to do the global tournament or whether they're going to give me some big fights, you know, just individual ones. But that's another thing that I'll have to do, discuss what's next for the for what, me, basically. What do you want to do? Do you want to do the tournament? I'll do anything. I'll do the tournament. I'll fight whoever they give me. I'm not really too bothered, you know, as long as they keep me active. That's the main thing. The um, I was speaking to Gareth, obviously he was in attendance last night. In what Dublin, an atmosphere, by the way, eh? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Obviously, I'd heard a lot about Paris. Um, I mean, of Paris. I'd heard a lot about Dublin. Well, the Paris atmosphere was wicked as well as earlier well, on yeah. in the year. That was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, people were saying, will it live? I was asking whether it'd live up to Paris or not, you know, because that atmosphere was crazy. And I think it did, but I'm still not too sure whether Paris outdid it. I don't know. You were pretty insane yourself after the victory running around, and uh, I got to see you in the in the cage yeah. afterwards. I think what people forget, and Adam hasn't forgotten this, one of the reasons you need to go into camp is that you were an amazing champion on the feet before you came into MMA, and you're, yeah. you've got so much to learn. There's almost like a, a library of stuff to study still to make those improvements, because am I right yeah. in thinking you'll go up the weight divisions all the way to featherweight eventually? 
No, probably not, to be honest. I'll just okay. say it one two five. Fair enough. Then. You might see me at one three five in the future, but for now I'm fine. I make one two five really easy, so no. Dakota, just um on the the, the recent merge of PFL and Bellator. <laughs> Um, I'm, I've, I've spoken to Leah about this in her weight division and I've spoken to some other fighters as well, especially for the female fighters. That merger seems incredibly exciting. There's mm. so many amazing fights mm. that they could make over the next 12 to 18 months, especially for characters like yourself. This is, this is a real boom time for British mixed martial arts. 100%. I think it's something that's never been done before as well to see like two massive organisations like that like almost like the champions that some of them are saying the champions are going to face each other. Like it doesn't really get much bigger than that, does it? And um, to see like two different weight divisions from two different organizations come together now is going to be really interesting. So I think that's why they're a little bit up in the air as to whether they're going to do a tournament with me or give me some big fights from Bellator. Like mm, there's just yeah. so much new opportunity that's come now. And I'm excited to see what they, what they do with it next year. Yeah. Well, we heard Brendan commentating on you just then. And before you came on air, Brendan Lockney was obviously the featherweight champion. They're talking about him and the pit, one of the Pitbull brothers next year. You've got in, in your weight division coming over from Bellator, Juliana Velasquez, yeah. Alima Lay yeah. McFarlane, Denise Keelholtz, there's so many Mate. great names. PFL Manchester is what we want, Dakota. Come yeah. on, start yeah. banging that drum. 100%, 100%. PFL Manchester, I've been going on about it all year. I can't believe great that call. at the start of the year, they went to Newcastle and didn't come to Manchester first. Because honestly, putting Brendan on that as well yeah. would just yeah. blow everything Absolutely. Up Excellent. Listen, uh, what does Christmas look like? There's got to be some celebration. I know you're carrying on in She's the gym. She's pretty and, and, pink right I, I, now. I know anyway, you're Christmas has begun. But you've got to do the Christmas dinner with the belt around your waist, mate. So so what's happening over Christmas? Um, do you know what? I'm quite boring, to be honest. As long as I've got three Yorkshire puddings on my Christmas dinner, fine. <laughs> See, Northern girl. That's a, that's how we roll up north, mate. Get some gravy and some Yorkshire puddings. Everybody's happy. Exactly, Sweet. Yeah, exactly. And I, can I say one thing? There were some pictures going around of you this week as a baby with your mum when she was still a champion, fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, she was a world champion. And she was yeah. the spit of you now, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, 100%. And a lot of photos we kind of see now when we compare them, like... Physically I'm, the honestly, same, yeah. Yeah, literally the same. <laughs> have it don't forget to come and join us next week for an action-packed show as Sonny Edwards takes on Bam Rodriguez in an absolute monster fight it's going to be an absolute crackerjack big previews throughout the whole course of the week coming your way and of course we'll give you a little bit more of a preview of Josh Kelly's showdown in Sunderland make sure you subscribe to the podcast you can do it via the TalkSport website or via all your top quality podcast providers and of course make sure you subscribe to the TalkSport boxing YouTube channel I'll catch you next time Small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustoleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 